This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Lots of big developments. Former President Trump officially announces he's in. He's running for president in 2024. And this comes as the House is now back in Republican hands. And Nancy Pelosi, who's led the House Democrats for nearly two decades, announces she is not seeking re-election as the Democratic leader in the House at age 82. And joining us now to talk about all of this and so much more is the great host, Jenna Ellis. Jenna is a former attorney for President Trump. She is also a constitutional law attorney, also a Newsmax contributor and host of the Jenna Ellis Show. Jenna, great to have you here. Thanks so much, Rita. I so appreciate that introduction. And like I've told you before, I'm such a huge fan of yours. So this is an honor to be on with you. Well, you are terrific, and I love your fire, and I love your dedication to this country. And when I was thinking about who should I have on this week with so many of these major developments, Jenna, you cover so many of these layers. You've always, you know, fought for your clients, fought for the Constitution, fought for what you believed in. And I just got to get your reaction. What a dramatic week. And the thought that now your former boss, President Trump, he's in the ring again. What did you think when you heard his speech? He is the man in the arena. That's one of his favorite former president's speeches. And that is always him. You know, he is actually exactly like me. I love to be in the arena as an advocate, as a champion for what's right, our constitution, our values. And that is President Trump. He does not want to sit on the sidelines. He wants to go in and be the man in the arena fighting for the truth, for the Constitution and for American greatness. And so he came out. He was so incredibly presidential. And, you know, so many, of course, on the left, if he had been more upbeat, they would have complained about that because he had more of that very serious presidential tone. They compared him to kind of being a low energy. And I thought you're going to complain no matter what. But everyone who saw President Trump that night said, "Okay, he is absolutely serious and he is going to finish what he started. He is going to be formidable as the Republican candidate. He's the only one that has announced he's waited two years to announce and he announced probably the soonest moment he felt like was good in terms of the aftermath of the midterms. And he is the front runner. And I don't think anyone is going to catch up to his level. What did you make of the strategy, too, as you point out, that he was the first one to get into the ring for 2024? That was a good strategic move. Of course, because he is virtually the incumbent. I mean, obviously, we have everything that happened in 2020 and so forth, but he really is 
the Republican incumbent. And so this is the shot across the bow to basically say, hey, it's mine. And I'm just letting everyone else know I'm staking out my territory. That's what I saw from him. And also that's what I saw from him even leading up to the midterms by referencing at his rallies for so many of the America First candidates. He still referenced all of the polls that showed him as the front runner. And he always is telling anyone else that may challenge him, which is fine. You know, it's the primary. It's open. That's okay. But he's telling everyone, hey, I'm the front runner and you better respect that. So if you want to step into the arena, you better understand this is my game, my turf, my rules. How formidable of a candidate is he? I mean, you know him very well. I've known him for a long time. I always say, you know, go into the arena, but you're not going to come out unscathed. Well, he knows that. I mean, listen, it's been six years of nonstop harassment, investigations. He's probably the most investigated individual in America right now, and the left has absolutely nothing on him. So he knows that he's going to get the consistent attacks from not only Biden's weaponized DOJ, from the now hopefully soon to be disbanded January 6th committee, from everyone else, and even from within the establishment GOP. I mean, what we've seen, how there was so much money and dark money that was actually spent against America First candidates was intentionally targeting him so that they could have this narrative that, oh, he's over, he's passed, his candidates didn't win. But he had a 93% endorsement success rate. That is higher than Barack Obama, who I don't even think achieved anything beyond 60% in any of his years of endorsing, even currently. So he was wildly successful with that. And everyone who is against him only makes him stronger. And while so many people love, for example, Ron DeSantis or love others, and I do too, I think it's great that we have a wide bench. We have a deep bench of excellent America First candidates across the board, while the leftist Democrats have, you know, an old guy with dementia and a cackling witch. I actually feel sad for them that they have such stupid people representing their party. But we have a wonderful deep wide bench. But right now, it is President Trump's to lose because he is the winner. He's the first to announce. And I think he is going to just get stronger from here. And the base loves him. Yeah, the base absolutely loves him. And also, he is such a formidable candidate. And when you saw his speech, it was like it was refreshing. The clarity, as you bring up, what a contrast to President Biden. It couldn't have been more stark. Absolutely. And I thought it was very wise as well to not dwell on what happened in 2020, because we know there's really not going to be a remedy for that election. We can only have election integrity moving forward because of the rejection from the state legislatures for a remedy, as well as all of the courts from the district level all the way up to the United States Supreme Court that wrongly, in my opinion, and unconstitutionally rejected any of those challenges, never heard any of the cases from Team Trump on the merits. But he didn't dwell on that. He was very forward looking. And the only thing that he referenced in the past was just election integrity in general and also all of his significant policy wins and especially foreign policy. And I thought that was particularly strategic because his closest challenger, of course, is Ron DeSantis, if Ron decides to step into that arena. But a governor doesn't deal with foreign policy. So President Trump is saying, listen, I've been there. I've done that. I've built relationships with all of these world leaders. Some of them are allies, some of them not so much. And here's what I've done. We wouldn't be in all of these ridiculous wars, spending so much time and billions of dollars in Ukraine. We would be in a very different position 
under my leadership and we were in my previous administration. Ron DeSantis can't say that. So that was a very good strategic move. And he also had one very salient question, which I think will be his messaging moving forward, which was the question, was your life better under a Donald Trump administration or is it better currently under Joe Biden? Any reasonable, rational person, there is no question but to say, like him or not, Americans were far, far better off under Donald Trump. And we want that again in 2024. And he had quite a litany of things too, Jen Ellis. I mean, when you think about it, he was talking about we were energy independent. We were about to be energy dominant. Talked about just the economy overall. I did it prior to COVID. I brought it back after COVID. I think he laid a lot of powerful groundwork that people listening, like as you said, on both sides of the aisle, go, yeah, you know what? That's right. Yeah, and that's exactly, Rita, why he uh, crossed over the aisle and so many Democrats actually did support him in 2020 and supported him throughout his administration that were historically not only registered Democrats, but demographics that historically had uh, voted for and supported Democrats. And so he has brought together a large coalition. And this is exactly the message that he said was, I'm going to finish what I started. And so in his mind and how he framed this speech, I thought, again, was very excellent, where he showed the progress that he made over the first four years, but gave the American people the understanding that he still has four more years to finish what he started and to truly make America great. And, you know, I was with him at dinner on Sunday night. It was the Zionist Organization of America. And he talked about, of course, the Abraham Accords, Jenna. And one of the things I thought was really powerful there is he said, look, we, you know, forged these great relations with Israel and a number of their Arab neighbors. And yet, if I get a couple more years, I'll be able to forge XXX. And I think that that's really important, those tangible things of A, here's what I've done, and B, here's what looks ahead. And I think that that's an important thing. A lot of people felt that the GOP overall in the midterms didn't give enough to voters to say, okay, what are you going to do? Not just criticize the Democrats, but also here's some tangible things that I will do to make your life better. And I thought he, President Trump, was very effective at that in his speech. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I think when he gave specific examples, like what you just referenced about, here's what I accomplished. These were the promises that I gave in 2016. And here are specific ways that I delivered on those promises. He said, presidents have promised, but they have not kept their promises like I have. And that was very, very effective because he now has a track record. I mean, so many conservatives in 2016 were either very hesitant or they supported him only as opposed to Hillary Clinton in 2016. But then as soon as he was actually in office and he started actually fulfilling on those promises, then so many conservatives said, okay, this is a guy we're actually really excited about because he's keeping his promises and no other establishment Republican since Ronald Reagan has really done this. And this is incredible. And so now he has that track record where we're not just going off of his promises, we're going off of his deliveries. And that is a big difference. He also, in his speech, was very much a we. We're going through this journey together. He almost started, if I recall, saying America's comeback starts right now. In other words, I'm here for America. And, you know, he said, it's not my campaign. This is basically our campaign. I thought that was a really good tone for him to set, too. 
Oh, I loved it. I love that he is, he's, he's America's commoner billionaire. I mean, which is so mind blowing if you actually really think about it. But as you and I know, and people who have had the amazing privilege to sit in the same room with him and talk with him one-on-one, he actually reminds me of my dad, who is, you know, somebody who just loves America. He is a hard worker. He's common sense and he wants to get things done. And, you know, as much as I respect and love my dad for everything of the principles and the values and the faithfulness that he's had, President Trump reminds me of my dad in that way. And um, he actually got to meet my dad and asked to meet my dad the first year that I worked for him. It's one of my favorite stories of President Trump, of meeting my father and saying, you know, from one father to another, I just had to tell you that I'm so proud of your daughter. And my dad, you know, who I just adore, you know, got tears in his eyes. It was just such a wonderful moment. But those kinds of things about President Trump really show who he is as an individual and that this is not about his own status. It's not about his own popularity. It's not about him. It's all about America. And it's all about making sure that this country is better off and is actually great. And he wants to make it the best that it can be for everyone. And that's what I think really resonates with everyone with him and why he has such a following and people love him because they see that he's not in it for himself. I mean, he is the first truly citizen president that was not in government or the military and people on the left will give him grief for that. But he really truly was just an entrepreneur, was the American dream. Barack Obama even called him that before he ran for office and the left has turned against him. Barack Obama said Donald Trump is the American dream. And he left his comfortable lifestyle, like he said, during his announcement speech. He left that to fight for America because he truly believes in American greatness. And he wants that same opportunity for you and me and for everyone in America. So this truly is a we campaign, not just about him. And I think that's why he is going to be very, very hard to beat. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Do you feel that he feels it's unfinished business, but also looks at how far America, in his view, has gone downhill. And a lot of people agree with him when they see the open border, where they see our economy. And he says, gosh, I need to step in for America. Do you feel that's where he's coming from? I think both, honestly. It's definitely unfinished business. And, you know, he obviously feels that he should have had a second term in office and that he was essentially robbed of that opportunity. So there is that unfinished business angle, but also... That was why he got in in 2016. Like he famously said to Oprah years ago, that he would have considered running for president if it ever got to the stage that he thought he needed to step in to help save America. And so all of these things aren't just campaign slogans for him. They're truly what he thinks and what he believes and what he's willing to fight for and put his own money, credibility, reputation, and freedom ultimately on the line for America. So I think right now, especially when he sees the disaster that is the Biden administration and how far we've fallen in just two years. It's incredible. I mean, Reagan said that we are just one generation away from you know some terrible things, but we're clearly just one election away. And so I think for him, it's dual fold where he wants 
to fulfill that unfinished business, but also he sees how the Democrats are intentionally trying to dismantle and destroy this country. And he recited a litany of things. Also, Jenna Ellis, he was talking about, look, the border is wide open. He talked about fentanyl. It was refreshing to hear a president talking about it because clearly President Biden doesn't want to pay attention to that. And I thought, boy, we're seeing strength from the president about domestic security, about international security. Your thoughts? Yeah, and that is one of many things that I love about President Trump is that he's willing to say it how it is. And he's willing to go there and he's willing to address topics that it doesn't matter to him whether it's politically correct or politically expedient. He knows that it's right. And so he's willing to address that. He's willing to say, this is what I'm going to do on a litany of issues where historically Republicans have been too concerned about the polls or too concerned about the negative press that they won't stand firm for things. And that's why it's become a very squishy party, unfortunately. And that's also why the Republican establishment does want to oust him. And that's why we see the concerted effort from the GOP in the midterms and from the leaders putting in millions and millions of dollars against America First candidates so that they can try to craft this narrative that Donald Trump is over. Because they won't be as bold, they will not be as direct, and they frankly won't represent the values that you and I and the America First base, the true American patriot, genuinely believe in like Donald Trump will. And that's when he was the outsider and he upset the political world in D.C. He called it how it was. And even though some people will say, "Okay, well, he's a little too blunt or we don't like this or, you know, that was a little maybe, you know, not quite how we would have phrased it. Everyone has to admit that goes with the territory with Donald Trump. And I am fully willing to accept whatever he says that I'm like, "Eh, you know, maybe he could have put that a little differently for the genuine fact that he will call it how it is. And he is unafraid to confront every issue that he strongly believes needs to be confronted. Yeah, he is exactly unabashed, and this is what he feels. And it's also nice to hear a president talking about the border, talking about our domestic security, where there's been, boy, I've been down to the border many times. And Jenna, when I think about the fact that we've had 5.5 million cross under President Joe Biden, and yet he doesn't ever want to go to the border, doesn't talk about fentanyl. It's very, very concerning. Before I let you go, I want to make sure that we talk about also some of the other big changes that happened, of course, just in the last few days. I mean, it's really been stunning to see what's been happening. In Washington, of course, the House has now changed hands. It's now back in Republican hands. And also Nancy Pelosi is no longer going to be in Democratic leadership. What are your thoughts about the new changes now with the House being in Republican hands, the gavel turning over to, you know, somebody in GOP hands, likely Kevin McCarthy? How much different will, I guess, the investigations look? Will Congress look under GOP hands? Well, the GOP really has an opportunity to show that they will meet the level of Donald Trump over the next two years because they are flying solo without his cover in the White House. And so they are going to have the opportunity and, frankly, hopefully, the accountability for what they do over the next two years. And that is going to show their hand very plainly. So I'm very interested to see if they will follow up on their promises or if they will make perpetual excuses. There was the announcement today 
that there will be the investigation into Hunter Biden and the laptop and specifically Joe Biden and some of his ties. I hope they follow up on that and that they really get down to business. But this is going to really show what is the GOP made of? Are they going to be the squishy party? Are they going to make excuses or are they going to rise to the level of the Donald Trump standard and say, we are going to go full bear and use the full power of the House majority to make sure that we really get some answers for the American people because we serve the American people. And I'm not surprised to see that Nancy Pelosi has kind of given up. And I loved that President Trump just said, that's nice. She's gone. I loved that. Yeah, it was a very quick response. And do you think, obviously, Hunter Biden's going to be looked into, Border's going to be looked into? Do you think it's important that they hurry up and get to those investigations to fulfill what they did tell the American public they were going to do? Absolutely. And I think if they do that, regardless of what the mainstream media attacks them with, we've seen the rise of alternative media that will support the truth, like Newsmax that you and I are both a part of, like podcasts, like your show, like my show like Joe Rogan, for example, that has more viewers than all of Fox Network. I mean, that is so great. People want the truth. People want representatives in Washington that aren't serving their own selfish power interests. They truly want people that will serve us, that will give us answers, and will hold the Democrats accountable for their debauchery over the last several years, especially the Biden administration. So I think if the GOP rises to the occasion, they will only put the fire and stoke the fire under the base to genuinely support the GOP and get out and vote in mass red wave in 2024. So I hope that they do that. Do you believe it's important that they're clear and concise? Because obviously the sort of fighting amongst themselves doesn't work, too. It also has to be a cohesive GOP, don't you think? It does. And I hope that they rally around whoever is the nominee and stop some of the infighting in terms of the establishment versus America first. If they are paying attention to any of the polls, then they will recognize that the base in America is genuinely moving forward to America first. And so I hope that we will have a cohesive message in the Republican Party and that it will be one that is constitutionally based, not squidgy and not hesitant and not spineless. And that's what we've seen since Paul Ryan and over the last years and years that Mitch McConnell has been there. I will give him credit for being rock-ribbed about the federal judge appointments. He does deserve credit for that, but nothing else, honestly. And so I hope that the GOP will be very clear that this is where we stand as a party and, you know, take it or leave it. And that's what the Democrats do. And we as conservatives, are the ones who are principled. So we should be even better. And you feel that means investigations, hunter, border, all those things? Yes, because it's all about the truth. And no one should ever back down from saying, we want to know the truth. We're willing to take the investigations. Donald Trump was the master at that, of saying, I am going to fulfill my agenda and I'm going to move forward no matter what they throw at me. And I've seen that as well in all of the ridiculous headlines. It's so funny how I will find things out about myself when I Google myself that I never knew, right? Because the mainstream media just loves to create these false narratives. And we as conservatives need to move forward and say, this is what we genuinely believe. This is how we're going to exercise legitimate authority and actually enforce the Constitution and hold the Democrats accountable for what they've done, especially their disastrous COVID response and lies, Dr. Fauci, all of those things. 
And we need to do that. Absolutely. It's interesting to see some on the Democratic side saying, oh, I can't believe they're doing investigations, that they're declaring it. It's like, what did you put President Trump and the Republicans through for so long? Uh, Isn't it hilarious and just so, frankly, disgusting to see how they will attack President Trump and anyone associated with him with absolutely baseless investigations. And we've seen investigation after investigation after investigation that ultimately leads nowhere. And yet, when there are very serious, substantive questions, they cry foul when we actually use the power of Congress, the power of law enforcement to just simply seek the truth. I mean, it just shows that the Democrats, as I've continued to say, if they didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. Well, Jenna Ellis, it is really great to have you here. Everybody be sure to subscribe and also share this podcast. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for all you do to support and appreciate this great country. It's wonderful to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much, Rita. I really enjoyed it. And thank you so much for the work that you do to speak truth as well. And you're phenomenal and really an honor and privilege to be on with you today. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.